Okay. So I wait one two minutes or sorry. Yeah, just one second. I'm just getting it on the um, YouTube. Oh, oh yeah, I need to put the camera. <laughs> Okay, should you should be good to go now. Okay. Well, for you know those who might listen, I will say quick and listen for some pranam mantra. May get the blessings, spiritual master. So at least can be useful this lecture for somebody. Um, and like later, uh, if I because I chose to speak on today's topic, you know, I will. Uh, that is uh, how to deal with material desires, because I feel it's something relevant to me at least. So uh, it's something you know that I research a bit that I heard a lot about uh, about it from Guru Maharaj. So since it's a topic that interests me, so I thought, well, why not share you know with everybody and and let's see. Also, since you know most of it, uh, those you know who are my spiritual brothers and who listen to Guru Maharaj, you know, might have heard these things oftenly. So at least, you know, they can get some refreshment and maybe, you know, uh, add a bit of my, you know, personal experience that, that I will share and refresh also the story of Dhruva Maharaj, which is going to be like the center point of today's lecture. So uh, a quick summary before I start, like this topic particular interested me because I always thought, you know, that we have a goal as, as devotees. There is a very high goal. And all the time we hear and read about those things, how to, we can, reach the position where we have no more material desires, where we offer everything to Krishna. And that's a very beautiful goal. And I think most devotees who are sincere, they want to reach that point. But how to deal now the our current situation where we want that goal, but at the same time, we are that is not our reality. That we still, you know, have some material preoccupations. We still have some, you know, uh, thing, things that uh, we want and some things that we are attached. Things that are not maybe related to Krishna directly. 
So, and I heard many talks about it. I heard many, each devotee has his own opinion. You know, I heard yeah, you should give everything up and you should focus only, you know, on Krishna and everything else is Maya. And that fosters artificial renunciation, which makes your heart a bit like a stone. And then it can, you know, like reading the Bhagavad Gita, you know, when the, the desires are not fulfilled, it, that brings anger. Uh, and that anger and frustration might make you, you know, not very good in your dealings with the other Vaishnavas. And that becomes more detrimental. I hear, you know, other people say to separate the things, you know, Krishna, we go to Krishna only for bhakti, pure bhakti. And then our life, material life is a separate thing. But I don't like that idea because it's like serving two masters. You serve Krishna, you know, and you serve, you know, your, your own interest. And it's like serving two masters and we cannot serve two masters. Then I even heard the idea that in order to keep our bhakti pure, if we want something else, then we can ask for Ganesh. So he might give us, you know, I, and I get, get amazed how these ideas can come, come from devotees, you know. So, but since it's a subject that sometimes is a bit taboo, sometimes it's not, not taboo in the sense that, oh, nobody wants to discuss it, but sometimes due to, you know, our own spiritual ego, spiritual ego, we might not feel comfortable asking questions about it and because we, we hear again and again, what is the goal? What is the, the highest ideals? And we are a bit ashamed maybe of our present condition. So we don't inquire so much, you know, about it. And just take a little bit of we can get, you know, from Guru Maharaj and, and we keep going sometimes not, you know, like it's my particular case, how I got into, into this. So none of these things made me satisfied. You know, like ultimately, you know, what made me satisfied is Guru Maharaj, you know, like idea of it. And, you know, like everything that Guru Maharaj teaches it comes from the Sastra. You know, so, so like a very good, you know, story to, to read where it presents many of these important points is the story of Dhruva Maharaj, which I will narrate. <laughs> and from this story, we will learn both, you know, like uh, the, uh, how you say, like the ideal and also how to approach our current condition. Um, <clears throat> so, yes. So I, I forgot something that I wanted to say here, but I'm sure it will come come up. So yes, I, I what I wanted to say is in the Bhagavatam, you know, the, starting from Prahlad Maharaj, everybody, you know, is a pure devotee. So and, and more and more they represent more and more the ideal, you know, until it comes to the Ten Canto and comes to Braya Lila, with there our ideal is fully presented. But in the earlier cantos, we can find devotees like Dhruva Maharaj, you know, who, who are more represent, you know, a lower kind of ideal. So, you know, maybe from them, sometimes we can be more like have more empathy, you know, to, to see with this, these devotees 
you know, they are struggling in a way like us, so we can be more emotionally connected and therefore try, you know, bring uh, and give some benefit from that. Okay, so I will start with the narration of the story of Druva Maharaj. So like the Druva Maharaj is the, the son of Uttanapada, who is the son of Svayambuya uh, Manu, you know, who is the son of Brahma, you know, the one of the, the Manus, the main Manus in the Bhagavatam. Uh, I don't remember if Svayambuya Manu was our current Manu, or is just one of the famous ones. But, you know, like Manu is the progenitor, like king of kings and progenitor of mankind, emperor of the whole world. So this king, he had two wives and he was, he liked very much, uh, you know, his wives were Suniti and Suruchi and he, he very much likes Suniti, <laughs> Suruchi, uh, Sur yeah, Suruchi. And no, well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, he had more affection for her to the extreme that uh, he mistreated the other wife to the point that where it starts the story is that Dhruva Maharaj, he tried to climb the, and sit on the lap of his father. Like uh, any child will do, you know. Like it, 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 uh, when I was a child, I used to like to, you know, to, when my father come back for work or when I could see him, you know, try to go with him. So throughout, try to do something very normal, try to sit with his father and and spend time with him. But his uh, mother, it's called co-mother, mother. In, in law, how it will be like is somebody's there and can tell me the ter terminology that, that would be great. <laughs> Stop him and say, no, you cannot sit on the lap of your father because you were not born from my womb. Therefore, you don't deserve that privilege. If you want the privilege to sit in the lap of of your father, you need to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and in your next life, you might be born of my womb. You know, here uh, it's very interesting because in the commentary of Biswara Chakravati Thakur, he says that she's saying that not because she's a devotee and, and she's acknowledging the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he's saying that to appear devotee in front of, of, the, of the husband like to to pretend that a devotee so in a way we can see stepmother yeah thank you thank you so in a way uh, we can see that that's her no She's, uh, she makes a show and that's how in a way she she got the favor of the king because i'm sure she makes a, a very good show and treats him very nicely and and, and is always speaking bad of the of the other wife and makes and like that he he convinced the, the king. So as it's normal, because Dhruva Maharaj at that time was only five years old, he was very sad. So he went to cry to his mother, but his mother couldn't do anything. She says, in this palace, I'm, I have a worse position than a servant. The king has no care for me. 
and therefore I cannot, there is nothing I can do and I can say, you know, to help you. So you should take, you know, the what your stepmother said seriously. Only the supreme personality of God can help you. Nobody else can help you. So, you know, the Ramaharas then got curious, you know, who is this supreme personality of God? You know, that's the same person that my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, Brahma, they worship him and they got such a position. You know, this internal reflection is also in the commentary of Vishwanathakrita Akur. Dhruva Maharaj starts to, to think like this. Like, the, the, so that's how they got all their, their power. You know, my, my father and grandfather and Brahma, they got everything from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So I should find him also. Then I will, and I want, and because I'm so angry what they did to me, you know, they did, how they, can they treat me like this? Uh, and they allow it, you know, because the, the father, he, he complied to the stepmother wishes. So Prala Maharaj got very angry. When he started to reflect on it, he got very angry and it's like, I'm gonna find the Supreme Personality of Godhead and I'm gonna become better than all of them. I want to be more powerful and better than all of them. And that's take my revenge, you know, the, the, the sweet revenge, not, not, you know, that you not only you do good, but you will do better than those who did bad to you. So he heard that uh, Supreme Personality is found in the forest. That's why everybody, when, and they're all age, when they will go to take renunciation, they will go to the forest and meditate. So he also went, although he was five years old, he had the ter determination that I'm going to find the Supreme Personality of Godhead and he will give me what I want. So he left the palace and he said that, you know, the Krishna is always there, you know, like uh, waiting to give us the mercy. And if somebody, for whatever reason, gets interested in practicing devotional service, Krishna will send a guru to guide that person. So Narada Muni, like he does in many stories, appear. And I spoke to, to Dhruva Maharaj and say, you know, like, you are, you know, you're just a kid. Why are you going so angry? You know, like you are disturbed, you know, by, by such a little thing. You know, you should be going playing, go back and play your games and you need to tolerate, learn to learn to tolerate. In this world, the karma is like this, you know, whatever happens is due to our karma and we need to learn how to tolerate. And like this with a fixed mind of peace that, you know, that is suffering and distress, nothing is gonna affect us. Like this, we can be at peace. And like this, it should be better for us to, to, to practice a spiritual life. It's not like now you are gonna leave home when it's not your time of leaving home, when you should, you know, you should be a kid and, and just be peaceful. But, and here is a very important part of the story and it gives uh, two different analyses, you know, that can be given from this part of the story. Because uh, Dhruva Maharaj uh, hears this and says, no, like uh, your advice can be good maybe for, for Brahmanas that are, are peaceful people, but I'm not peaceful, I'm a Kshatriya, he says. And I want vengeance and I want what I want. And, and, I, and I'm not gonna stay there sitting peaceful, I cannot. So you better give me an instruction that will provide me what I really want. And what he wanted, 
he asked, I want to have a kingdom that is better than Brahma. So not only he asked a big material desire, he had a material desire that was impossible because Brahma is the creator of the world. So in a way he reigns, he's one of the Isvaras, you know, like uh, partial manifestations of God. So he reigns supreme on this material world. So how can you have a kingdom that is bigger than Brahma? It's not possible. They're not big, bigger, better. No, it's not possible. Superior. You know, it's not not a possible thing. But he heard not this supreme personality of Godhead come give everything. He gave everything to my father. He gave everything to my grandfather. He gave everything to Brahma. So I want also, and I want to be better than all of them. And it has two important instructions because on one hand. What you can see that he was sincere. He approached the spiritual master with sincerity. Uh, a, a spiritual master is gonna always gonna, you know, uh, be more inclined to give the, the mercy if you show yourself like like uh, Dhruva Maharaj. First, he is very determined and enthusiastic about practicing bhakti yoga because Narada Muni, when he heard his desire, he said, "Yes, okay, then you will go and you will practice Astanga yoga." Astanga yoga is like, you know, the, the Astanga yoga that is practiced is like bhakti yoga, but because he's in Satya yoga, we know that the process of bhakti, the Satya yoga is meditation. So he's doing the bhakti yoga of, of Satya yoga. And he followed very nicely the instructions of Narada Muni. So we, we can see, you know, these qualities of a disciple is important. Then disciple is going to feel, the master is going to feel very inclined to bless the disciple. If a disciple is determined to, to do the devotion, but sincere. He knows his position. He knows what are his capacities. And he will express and be very sincere. You know, then the spiritual master is going to be happy if he sees that the disciple is sincere, but at the same time, he's eager and he's determined to, to follow as best as he can the, the, the spiritual master. This we can, that was, you know, you could say that was the reason of Dhruva Maharaj's success. And so on one hand, yeah, we can read, you know, some commentaries that say, that emphasize this point, that Dhruva uh, Maharaj's sincerity, because like a similar uh, instruction Chaitanya Mahaprabhu give to Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami and so on. But because they are in a more advanced platform where they are pure devotees that they only want to, to serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They have no other interest. So in the end, they will do whatever Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, even if that will get, go opposite to their desires. But Dhruva Maharaj is not in that position, so he cannot follow this similar instruction of remain home and be peaceful and then the time will come. He needs now. He has a burning now and he needs a solution now because he has his own independent interests. And at, at, at the other time, uh, Prabhupada also comments that Narada Muni was testing to see if Dhruva Maharaj, because he says a kid, he just has like a, a how do you say, like a momentary, 
like uh, whim that ah, I'm gonna go and, and find the supreme personality of Godhead. So I'll say I wanna try to discourage him a little bit, telling him that it's very hard and so on to see if he really has interest in practicing bhakti yoga or yes, he, he he is a decision that he made and then he's gonna re regret so to see if this disciple really has what it takes to you know to it's not like because you like it says that you have some disciples says yes i will do whatever you want Gurudev, you know then they tell the guru tells what to do i oh, no, no, this so he wanted to test a bit okay like first you know to go back go, go back playing that's gonna be good for you then he will hear yes yes i will go back playing and but no he had determination i want to find krishna now I want to find the food, you know, and since he had the determination, then that Muni so fit to give him, you know, a, a process to obtain his goal. So then, Druva uh, Maharaj uh, goes a process, the process uh, that incurs uh, like a, a mantra, like uh, 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 Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, and incurs some sadhana. He, teach a bit you know the you need to focus on the mantra need to you can make a deity to worship you can think think of the of of the pastimes of the lord so also you know, an idea of what things we should be doing you know chant the mantra think about the pastimes you know and do our and, and see the deity and he did it with a lot of determination the instructions of Narada Muni he followed with a lot of determination. It is said, you know, that the first month he only ate uh, uh, some fruits every three days or something like that. Then the second month he ate only roots, some trees every four days. Then the third month he only ate what drinks some water, and then he only breathed, and then he even stopped breathing. Because he was so focused on the supreme personality of Godhead, <laughs> with a lot of determination. This is very important. He had not at any time he wavered. Not at any time he thought, "Oh, maybe this is not gonna I'm gonna gonna get what I want." And he had hundred percent certainty that following the orders of his spiritual master, he was going to get Krishna, or in this case, Narayan. Uh, he had 100% of this certainty. And, and he also had 100% certainty that Narayan was going to give him whatever he wanted, which in his case was a kingdom superior to Brahma. So then he, his meditation suddenly stopped and he felt you know, uh, a bit uh, disturbed because he, he was fixed on, the, on Paramatma and then suddenly that, that stopped. And when he opened his eyes, there was Vishnu Narayan in front of him. So he offered obeisances. And, and because he was just a kid who didn't study much, he, he felt bad because he, he didn't know the appropriate prayers to give in such occasion. So he said that he, Supreme Lord touched him with the conscious, and then he became spiritualized. And then he was able to give very nice prayers. And uh, it's very, uh, very in interesting because when he saw, everybody knows, when he saw the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he immediately felt 
regret that all this time he was doing. So this is, you know, well, in this part of the story, like uh, when first uh, I will finish, yes, uh, although he, he felt regret because he achieved the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Darshan of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he, he wanted to say, please, you know, like the, the, what I was praying, don't give to me, but he gave it anyways. So he, and he said to him, you will reign over, you know, the, the pole star that is called Dhruva Loka now. And that is the place where Vishnu lives, where the ocean of milk is. And not even the demigods can live there. They only stay on the shore when they need help from Vishnu, they pray from the shore. So that planet was there. It's the Vaikuntha, same way that we have Vrindavan in material world and the Vrindavan spiritual world. So it's the Vaikuntha or the material world is there. And it had no, no Vishnu lives there, but he had no, no king, no region. Like, uh, so uh, he gave that planet, his own planet, because there is nothing in the material world superior to Brahma. So he gave his own planet to him so that he could fulfill his wish. And not only that, he said, you will get you know, revenge in a way because both your stepbrother and your stepmother, is, they're gonna die. He, he felt so bad hearing those things, you know, that, and you will reign you know, after your father for 10,000 years. And he felt horrible hearing these things. So here is the second part. Like in the first part of the story, we have seen the glories of, you know, bhakti in the sense related to material desires that Krishna, you know, has no problem giving everything for the devotees. And how powerful is that although Dhruva Maharaj was playing, was clearly practicing karma mitra bhakti because his goal was to attain material desires, he got the highest thing because he was going to live. He got, uh, he was going to live in Vaikuntha and he, you know, got, uh, you know, the eternal association of the Lord. So he got the highest thing, although his idea was not so good. But the, well, we know, you know, the Bhagavatam tries to aim higher. So the second part of the story of Dhruva Maharaj, you know, has to do with the, with, with the higher ideal. Because Dhruva Maharaj regrets, you know, that he his, but what he regrets is his ideal, that everything he was doing was to, to gain uh, that kingdom that for him now, like it was, uh, they say that it was, he was looking for broken glass and then he found the diamond and he feels remorseful, even though he had the darshan of the Supreme Lord, he had guaranteed that he was going to go back to God. And, you know, he felt remorseful of, of his attitude. And this second part is important for us to, you know, to, to understand and connect this story with the higher idea of the Bhagavatam, that is Sudha Bhakti. So it's glorifying Karma Mishra Bhakti, but at the same time, but with the attitude of Prahlad Maharaj after receiving what he wanted, he feels sad and, and compares one to blocking grass and the other to the diamond. That is to bring uh, further glory to Sudha Bhakti. So, you know, so again, you know, this uh, is important to know, so to not just stop one thing, oh yes, Krishna is very good, you know, he, he will give me whatever I want, like, like Dhruva Maharaj, which is possible, yes. But, you know, I want to connect also, you know, to, to give a more complete picture. So, so I, I wanted to say, you know, that 
the, the second part of the story is also relevant to that sense. I now will speak about interesting things and I might read some commentaries even from uh, Sila Praupat, which I found particular interest, interesting. And if there is no time, then I might give a second uh, lecture if, if it's if something is interesting. So here, you know, there is the dilemma. The dilemma is that we, even in the second part of the story, we can see the, the regret and we can see the highest ideals of, of the devotee. Again, everything does for the Supreme, a devotee is like this, a devotee is like that. But at the same time, we have also the first part that is very uh, accommodating to all kinds of, of needs. So how we can find a harmony that accepts both our current condition and our highest ideal. So that will speak about that. So the main difference, I will say, you know, that the of the story of you know Odruba Maharaj and and what you know we should be getting at is that the, that what was the goal of Druba Maharaj's practice? Druba Maharaj's practice goal in the beginning was to get his kingdom and to get his revenge. So that's the first thing we can uh, you know at least know that and have a different theory. That's why it's very important, you know, and, and even Guru Maharaj puts emphasis that, uh, on Prayoyan, to know a bit of Prayoyan, to know a bit of what is the highest goal and what is, you know, uh, what is our destination in order so that at least we can have in theory, know, you know, in theory, in theory, know all these things. In theory, know that we want, Bhakti, that we want Sudha Bhakti, that we want to be uh, a Rupanuga, that we want to eventually be in Brindavan and, and servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Mahaprabhu. If we have these things in mind and, and we are honest, because that's the idea, you know, we have to be honest. You know, we, do we really want it? If we don't really want it, then, you know, that's a good reason to to pray because Krishna gives everything, so he will give you, and give you the desire to have those things as a goal. And if we want it, because I think most, you know, I will say, you know, most of, of, of the devotees, when you know, they really want, they know the things, you know, they, they want, and that's why this class is, is there because that's the dilemma because we want these highest ideals, but, but at the same time, you know, we are not there. So thinking about it, uh, you know, I might read, you know, a commentary says about this, but recently I heard a class of Guru Maharaj and he, you know, again, point this out, you know, that in many cases in the scriptures, when, when you hear the word devotee, it means Baba Bhakta, it means from Baba Bhakta. It doesn't mean us, like we are devotees because they are merciful to us and they consider us Kanista bhaktas as, as devotees also. But that's like how, because they are merciful, they consider us as devotees. But like, strictly speaking, when they mean devotees, they don't mean us. 
So that's good to know because most of, most of these expectations, most of these verses where it says a devotee is equally minded, a devotee has no desires, a devotee like, is equal to all, a devotee is always thinking of Krishna, a devotee, they are not the expectations for us. It's just, uh, they are just the facts of someone who has achieved Baba Bhakta and that's how they, how they are. That's their nature. And that's what, how we want to become. But meanwhile, we are not there. We need to, you know, make some accommodations. And the point that I want to make in the lecture, just in case it's, it's not clear, is uh, that no matter what our needs are, because, you know, we have material desires. Some of them are needs for us, emotional needs. And some of them, we know that they are not good for us and neither good for our spiritual life. So doesn't matter what our, our needs are, either they are good or bad, we should uh, uh, always approach Krishna and have Krishna involved in our life. For the needs that are, you know, that are gonna be good for us because they're gonna give them our, the balance and the encouragement to continue practicing and, and have a more fulfilling life. You know, we can be positive about them. And, you know, if we need, you know, we can, even pray to get those things, or at least have Krishna involved on those things. And for the things that are not wanted, but we still want, we still will involve Krishna to pray to don't have those desires anymore. But no matter what, the point is you need to involve Krishna in your life. Never, no, uh, no, separa no separation of a spiritual and material life, no, no Ganesh, no praying for Ganesh, no false, uh, artificial renunciation, but rather uh, only Krishna, a solution for everything or our problems. Because material desires are a problem. Can be because we don't have what the needs and some things, the problem is because we are having those desires are, are a problem. And both of those problems, the only person who we should go going, you know, to, to, to ask for them is Krishna and no one else. And without fear, because as we can see, sincerity, sincerity is a very beautiful thing. And Krishna always appreciates sincerity, especially if you have the desire to achieve the highest goal. Those things combined, you know, will make for very rapid progress. And even, even if you are like Pralal Maharaj, who even has no desires, I mean, no, 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 no pure spiritual desires, but only material desires, even if you are the most like a person who only wants material things, still you should worship Krishna because then you will get the higher thing. You might feel a, a bit the regret, you know, because, oh, I was praying for the bad things, but at least you pray to the right uh, person. And in order for not, you know, for uh, not to be Vaikuntha, not even Narayan, but Krishna himself. And as Guru Maharaj says, a form, a specific form of Krishna who is very uh, red, uh, always ready to, to give and provide is Govardhan. It will be very nice for you if you develop a faith so intense that you know for sure that if you go to ask for Govardhan, he will give either the positive th things or get rid of the negative things. If you know for sure, you know that uh, Govardhan will gi give to me. Krishna will give to me. That's going to be very good for, you know, the, the spiritual life. 
Because in, in Sadhana Bhakti, the most important focus for us is to develop Sadhana Bhakti. And the two principal, uh, you know, Hanga uh, Saranagati is, you know, Krishna as our protector and Krishna as our only maintainer and only protector. I, you know, read, you know, like some, a lot of poems that have been about like a Chakora, like a Chakora where there is a kind of bird that only drinks the water that comes from the clouds and nothing else. If we can be like that, then it's gonna be great for us. Like, yes, we want everything, but only Krishna gives to us. Only whatever Krishna gives to us, we, we will take. We will come only to him. Because what other alternatives do we have? We can repress our needs. We can go, leave Krishna you know, only for our pure bhakti. And then on our free time, we pursue our, with our intellect, on our mind, our own plans for our own sense of gratification. Or we go pray to Ganesh or whatever, you know, say, what other other solution do we have? Because even if you come to me and you will tell me, like many devotees, when they hear my thoughts, they will tell me, no, no, you should not have material desires. You have abandoned them. I say, yes, but only Krishna can help me to abandon them. So even if I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be very good for my spiritual life, maybe I'm wrong, then Krishna will prove me wrong and he will tell me, this is not good for you. So, but Krishna will take care of it. Of, obviously, I'm not on that point that I have a personal relationship, but that's what I'm trying. And this comes like a, a part where I would like to share a bit of my personal life. Like I, <clears throat> some of you know, I'm married to a Christian woman. So, like as I say, you know, like for the, for me, you know, they have a more healthy relationship. Serious Christians have more healthy relationship with God than many devotees. You know, what is lacking to them is what I'm saying, the Prajojan, because in many cases, Christians, they are a bit like Dhruva Maharaj, you know, that the God is like the, the provider only for their, their things and their idea of the relationship with God is God is going to give everything and they're going to be happy. So, you know, so they don't go a bit beyond that. So we already spoke about, you know, a bit of that, of about having our Prajojan clear, and we have so many classes about that, so many lectures about that. Even in the story of Dhruva Maharaj, I, I, I clarify that, that even that, that points to a higher ideal. But the second part, the healthy part, is they are more involved, God is more involved in their lives. Like, obviously, when I speak about Christians and devotees, I'm speaking about, you know, beginners, like, we already know that uh, like devotees, real devotees of the Bhagavatam, devotees like the Baba Bhaktas, they are always constantly thinking of Krishna, they're always engaged. Um, so I'm speaking about sadhakas. So, yeah, and, and I, I'm speaking about sadhakas and not about, because also Christianity since it's like a very, uh, how you say, social religion in many countries. Many people are, are, are not really Christians, are Christian only in name. I'm talking about practice. Practitioners of each of the religions. So, in my opinion, they have a more healthy relationship because they are more involved in daily with God. They think with God for everything in their work. The God is gonna bless them in their work, in their health, in their finances, everything. So, I think you know that's not the goal. So that's what they're missing. 
But if I could take that, you know, and like, and and if I, because all the things are, are needed for me to entertain myself to achieve the goal, I need finances, I need health, I need love, I need a good family. So if I can involve Krishna in those things, then I can develop, you know, as the sanskaras, you know, to be more attached and and, and Krishna to be my sol first solution for everything. So. You know, like uh, trying to practice this, you know, because I'm still I'm not at that point, but one time I had a nightmare and the first thing that came into mind was Krishna and I was happy. I say now the nightmare became a positive thing because I could remember Krishna. So if Krishna is always the person that I go when I have a problem or when I, I have a problem because I have a problem, meaning like, you know, because it's not that, sometimes it's not that I want something, but many times it's that we don't want what we want. So that's also a good reason to go to Krishna when we don't want what we want. So then all the things become more positive because I'm going to Krishna. And the more I go to Krishna, because I listen, you know, we listen uh, to Guru Maharaj, we are, you know, like uh, aspiring to pure bhakti, the more that we will get engaged in those things, you know, in chanting our japa, in reading, in association. You know, many things, you know, like are there in the story of Dhruva Maharaj. Very important because uh, Dhruva Maharaj was the blessing he asked for Krishna. Is yes, I chanted the mantra. I'm here. I'm going to be there in like 10,000 years. But I want to be always in association with the devotees. And the commentary say, like uh, chanting service, all of that is dull. If it is not in the proper association of, of, of devotees. So we will search for association of devotees because the more we think of Krishna, the more that we are dependent on him, the more that we will pull, we will pull our heart on him because right now our heart is on material things. So if we share those material things with Krishna, we will put our heart to Krishna. And the more we put our heart to Krishna, it will happen the same as anything else. When we put our heart to material things, maybe I like a sport, then I will look for other people who are enthusiastic of that, that sport and we will talk about that sport and, and, and we will be together, you know, and, and I will search for the association. So the more we become attached for Krishna, the more that we will search that association. So I think that's a very important thing. I don't know how long these classes are and how much time I have because I will write, I like to, to read a few verses, a, a, a few commentaries of Prabhupada that I found very interesting. So uh, let's see, I don't know how if these classes are 45 minutes or one hour, how, how long they are. Anybody know? So. Okay, then I will read some verses. <laughs> Twenty four. Sorry, that, uh, hmm. 
Material opulences are controlled by the supreme personality of Godhead through his different potencies and especially the goddess of fortune. Therefore, those who are after material opulences seek the pleasure of mercy of the goddess of fortune. Even the highly placed demigods worship the goddess of fortune, but the goddess of fortune, Mahalakshmi herself, is always seeking the pleasure of the supreme personality of Godhead. Anyone, therefore, who takes the worship of the supreme personality automatically receives the blessings of the goddess of fortune. At this at this stage of his life, Druva Maharaj was seeking opulence, material opulences, and his mother advised rightly that even for material opulences, it is better to worship not the demigods, but the Supreme Lord. Although a pure, pure devotee does not sing benediction for the Supreme Lord for material advancement, it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that pious persons go to the Lord even for material benedictions. A person who goes to the Supreme personality of Godhead for material gains is gradually purified in association with the Supreme Lord. Thus he becomes free from all material desires and is elevated to the platform of a spiritual life. Unless one is raised to the, the spiritual platform, it is not possible for him to completely transcend all material contamination. So that's a very interesting verse. Uh, and, uh, I, I can share it. It's a very interesting commentary. So, you know, that it say here, you know, the, the idea, you know, the pure devotee has no, no, uh, obviously, obviously no desires, and that's the goal. But a pious person, still, even if he asks, he will approach Krishna with that, and because um, due to that association, he will be free from that. And especially if you have the, the, the desires for the highest thing, you will be free from that, and therefore you, you can pursue the, the, the highest thing. But without, you know, like uh, uh, gradually purifying from that, you know, you are not going to get into that point. Uh, there is more interesting ones. Okay, let's see, 35. I think 35 has something to do with the guru. the commentaries of, of, of Sila Prabhupada. Okay. Uh, well, I can share even if I, because my English is, you know, not the the best. If anybody wants to ring along, I will share the the verse. It's in the second paragraph. Purple. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that persons who are actually advanced in a spiritual life do not care for the dual behavior of this material world. So. You know, for advance, that's important. You know, those who are advanced do not, do not care. We want to be like that, but we are not. But Druva Maharaj frankly admitted that he was not beyond the afflictions of material distress and happiness. 
but he was confident that the instruction given by Nadara was valuable, yet he could not accept it. The question raised here is whether or not a person afflicted by material desires is fit to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The answer is that everyone is fit to worship him. Even if one has material desires, many material desires to fulfill, he should take Krishna consciousness and worship the Supreme Lord Krishna, who is so merciful that he fulfills everyone's desires. Through this narration, it is become very clear that no one is barred from worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, even if one has many material desires. And that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that verse obviously is inspired on the famous verse that Guru uh, Maharaj likes to quote. Let's see if I can find it. Sorry that I'm a bit of a mess. I prepared the paper, but the, the parts that, the, that they were digital, I didn't prepare so much. Yeah, this famous verse. Akama sarva kamoba, moksha kama udaradi, trivena bhakti yogena, jayeta purushamparam. A person who has broader intelligence, wherever he be full of material desires, without any material desires or desire liberation, which you can take it, you know, like as, as that, that you, you want to be free from your material desires, you know, so you can be focused on Krishna, because for us, liberation means that, you know, like for the devotees, that's the, the liberation that the devotees want. Must by all means, Worship the, the Supreme Personality called the Supreme Personality Godhead. So this verse Guru Maharaj likes to use. So uh, th th this is connected to what Prabhupada yeah, said there in the in the in the verse. And there was another one. Uh, I will read the last one. And then we can anybody can correct me if I say something that is not factual or 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 they want to say something else or ask a question. So I, I, there is all, all other things that I wanted to share, but like it, it seems, you know, that maybe I will have to to do something else. I didn't have time for everything. Okay, so this is uh, thirty-seven. Then, one particular point mentioned here is that Dhruva Maharaj wanted to occupy an exalted position, not by hook or by crook, but by honest means. This indicates that if Krishna offering him such a position, then he would accept it. That's the nature of a devotee. He may desire material gain, but he accepts only if Krishna offers it. Dhruva Maharaj was sorry to refuse the, the instruction of Narada Muni. Therefore, he requested him to be merciful by showing a path which he could fulfill his mind desires. So meaning, you know, like a, a path that was in his adhika. So the, he, you know, we feel bad that we cannot fulfill, you know, sometimes a highest path, but we should, you know, uh, ask, you know, for the, the guru is gonna give us, you know, like a path that is fit for us. Uh, so uh, there is other verses that, you know, we share, but because we have, uh, you know, little time. Uh, I will again give the conclusion of of the talk and allow space if somebody wants to share something or or ask a question. So yes, you know, the again, the, my point of the story of the, of this, of, is that 
uh, we have to involve um, Krishna in all, all the aspects of our life because you know incorrect use of renunciation is you know to reject what is not you know favorable for bhakti and sometimes we might have trouble for that we can also come to Krishna for that you have to help us you know to get away the things that are not favorable for us that we know is not good for us to help us in the needs that we have that you know you know that is to the, uh, connected to the last point I wanted to have, like Guru Maharaj says, you know, that there is the, the, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, Sida Bhakti, which are the things that are uh, Bhakti by nature, like chanting Japa, reading the Bhagavatam, worship the deities, and then there's Sangha Sida Bhakti, those things that are not directly, you know, Bhakti, but they can become Bhakti with association. So we offer our life to Krishna, then we, and our goal, is the highest ideal to one day become a pure devotee to one day you know uh, you know be free from material desires and only have krishna and the service of krishna says and uh, and have the goal of brindavan have the goal of pure bhakti you know the the goal of, of, of if we have that, that ideal and we offer who we are with sincerity to krishna now and we involve Krishna in all aspects of our life instead of trying to figure out on our own. And we pray for Krishna for what we need and also for what we don't need and we will light out of our life. Then our, everything that we do will become, you know, Sangha Siddha Bhakti, we will become connected to, to our project. Everything will become a support to our practice. And that's the point that I wanted to make using, you know, the, the story of Dhruva Maharaj, okay? Oh, uh, yes, so Narada Muni Anybody wants to share, comment, you know, a correction if I did some, say something wrong or I'm always op open to hear. Yes, thank you for the class, Udova. <laughs> thank you. For listening. Well, you know, if nobody will say anything, maybe I will read another, you know, so, uh, another. The, the la, I wanted to read another one. Interesting commentary. This one, I think, is about the spiritual master because like after all you know the secret of spiritual life is the the spiritual master and that's why Druva has such a success so there is a verse also related to that next time if i ever do another one i will be more prepared digitally and have everything ready. Wait. What is it? Yeah. Okay, the purple. Again. The significance of, uh, well, because it says if we get the verse, I will read the verse. As were Dhruva Maharaj having a arrived at Madhuban to his bath in the river Jamuna and observed fasting 
in the night with great care and attention. After that, as advised by the great sage Narada, he engaged himself in worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The significance of this particular verse is that Ruma Maharaj acted exactly according to the advice of his spiritual master, the great sage Narada, the great sage Narada. Sila Vishmarath Chakritakur also advised that if we want to be successful in our attempt to go back to Godhead, we must very seriously act according to the extraction of the spiritual master. That is the way of perfection. There needs to be no anxiety over attaining perfection because if one follows the instruction given by the spiritual master, he is sure to attain perfection. Our only concern should be how to execute the order of the spiritual master. A spiritual master is expert in giving a special instruction to each of his disciples. And if disciples executes the order of the spiritual master, that is the way of his perfection. So like that, you know, like one of the, 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 the principles that I favor for Bhakti is determination and enthusiasm. You know, so we have the determination and the enthusiasm that I'm gonna be sincere with my spiritual master. I'm gonna present myself how I am. And I'm gonna say to him, please help me to become what I want to become. And if we are 100%, you know, we are 100% sure that if I follow my spiritual master, I will succeed. Then you will make rapid progress, says here. And it's sure that you will achieve the goal. So it's a very, to end in a positive note, you know, all of you who, you know, take, have faith and determination in your spirit and our, you know, Guru Maharaj, you are sure to reach the, the highest destination. It will take just some time. Okay. So, well, thank you, everyone. And, you know, so like I was a bit shy because it's my first lecture in both many years. Like since I was in another mission, you know, it's the first lecture that I, I give in, a, in many years. And all of you are, you know, like, like senior than me in many respects. So, uh, I would, you know, sorry if I made any, you know, grave mistakes. Um, maybe, you know, next time, like the next topic that I'm really getting into is Japa. So maybe I will talk about it next time. Haribo. Haribo, thanks, Udiva. And you know, there's a comment on YouTube as well from Abai saying, very nice class. Thanks so much for the service. Well, Haribo. Haribo. Haribo Prabhu Kijai.